to infinity and beyond with better buddies. Hello, and welcome back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ. With us this week, we've got Calvin. Hello. And finally, James. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Let's hope you have something worth listening to this week, James, because uh, let's never forget rule number three. Of course. <laughs> I'm never going to never. let you forget. I hope you know that. No, I know. It's uh, Trust me, RJ. I'm learning more about that rule every day. Don't worry. We still love you, though. We still love you. I know. Thank you. Our Better Buddies icebreaker this week, what's a something about clothing that irritates you? And James, I swear to God, if you say having to wear it, I'm going to come through the computer. <laughs> that is irritating, but it's not the big irritant. Um, could I say an item of clothing that irritates me? Yeah. Um, I hate flip-flops. I hate them. I, I think, like, I guess it depends, but... Anytime I see flip-flops, I could see flip-flops on the most attractive woman on planet Earth, and she's not an option, because I'm like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, she's someone who'd wear flip-flops. I don't care about Birkenstocks. What about I don't Crocs? care about, like, glad gladiator sandals. Crocs are almost as bad as flip-flops, and I, I rebuff, reject, and repudiate anyone who wears them. Um, and um, I'm trying to think. Uh, Gladiator sandals, Birkenstocks, like Chacos, I guess, are fine. It's really just flip-flops because I think a lot of them look so, like, cheap. Mm. And... Yeah, I, I was going to ask about that because I have a pair of flip-flops that I only wear if I need to, like, go down the hall to use the trash chute or, like, I need to go out and do something real fast or if I were at, like, the beach or something. But these are not, like if you think of flip-flops they're like these chintzy things they're like kind of nicer flip-flops so like is it just the the entire design of the shoe or is it the quality because i've got I a pair it's... of those like athletic ones that are the strap over the top that are almost more like sandaly kind of things than like flip normal flip-flops oh i guess that's yeah. another question i wouldn't consider those flip-flops are you including those no, I'm anything that would resemble a sandal. I'm thinking flip flops is in the like split toed, like yeah, uh, okay. yeah, like flat shoe or whatever. Um, I would say honestly, it's like I think it's mainly because I just don't like feet. I'm not gonna lie, like <laughs> you're not pretty... Tarantino. I'm not. Um, I will never make a show James. I'll never be a director. Um. No, I, I, I don't like feet. Um, I think they're gross. Um, that, to be fair to everybody else, is a projection of my own insecurities on everybody. But I'm allowed at least one big one. At least it's not something violent. Um, but, yet. Um, oh. But, no, I, I, don't, I don't like flip-flops. I think they just look, like, cheap. I think they're, like... I don't know. They just don't... They just don't... I've never seen anyone look good in them. Um in my opinion, but... That's fair. Yeah. Alright. I was gonna say tags. <laughs> tags are annoying. Like, yeah, you get used to them or whatever, but I don't know, something about it. Also, there's a... I don't know what blend my shirt is right now, but I got, like, two shirts that I swear are more of that, like, polyestrine, poly, whatever the synthetic fabric is over cotton. Because I normally wear mm. just cotton t-shirts. But mm. it just feels different and weird, and, like, it feels fake, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah I know what you're talking about. It feels very synthetic, like, in a bad way. Almost plastic, like, cloth plastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's... Those are the things about clothing that irritate me. Yeah, I'd kind of agree with some of those uh, shirts. It de it really depends. But honestly, for me, it's kind of like a case-by-case -case basis. I either like the article of clothing, and then that's like in my rotation, and I just wear it to death. Or and it's like 
it's it's a very yes or no there's no in between for me either i like it or it's like i don't want this to touch my body question for both of you because i don't know if this is just me or if this is a general thing um when you guys get holes in your socks that are right on the big toe does that annoy the crap out of you oh yeah okay yeah Wait, no, that's just horrible where would you say, Arte? Uh, a, a hole in your sock that's right on the big toe, or even any toe, so that it, like, sticks out. The pinky toe is pretty annoying for me, because it'll grab, like, the pinky toe and then the toe right next to it. It really depends for me, because, like, I have holes in some of the socks that I used to, like, run in, and that doesn't really matter to me. Like, that doesn't really bother me for the most part, because it's only, like, one or two, but, like... Yeah, I don't. I do not tolerate holes in my like everyday walking around socks. Yeah, I just hate the feeling of like the one toe sticking out in the cloth, like feels like it's being stretched or something, and it's like wedged in between my other toes. Like I just, ugh, it's horrible. Yeah. All right. Our next segment: Better Buddies recommend, where we recommend a piece of media to enjoy. Who would like to start? James would. I can actually go. Yeah. Good, because you volunteered. Um, I I have been um, revisiting a show that I used to actually watch when it was first. I actually, I think I watched the the premiere of this show way back when. Um, and I've seen bits and pieces throughout the years, but I'm sitting down, um, and thanks to the best of all streaming services, HBO Max, I'm allowed to watch it uh, all. And um... <laughs> what does he say? Um, I'm uh, watching Adventure Time. Um, oh. yeah, I have I had not seen this show in a long, long time, and I kind of I've been watching a lot of shows, and I read a lot of like really serious, like heavy material, and I, <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> and I I watch a lot of like stuff that's pretty heavy, and I was like, you know what? After the past like year with everything that's happened, like I need something that's like you know. Um, sometimes I think going back to a little bit of something that's simpler and nostalgic and kind of from childhood is, uh, is all right, uh, to kind of rekindle, um, some enthusiasm. And, uh, I really like Adventure Time. I'm actually, as a kid, I would watch it kind of passively, but now watching it like actively, um, as somebody who like, you know, has, has, you know, in the past 10 years, like written a lot of stories and, and film videos and work with friends and grown up and stuff like that. It's just really cool to watch kind of this show that really is like, um, when you read about how it was made, it was really just a bunch of adults who were kind of like paid to kind of write and draw and voice act like 12 year olds and stuff. And it's a, it's a really, um, it's really fun to watch. It's definitely not for everybody. Um, and obviously it's because it is essentially a kid's show. Like, yeah, um, there's, yeah, there's going to be a barrier to entry, but there's also like quite a lot of stuff that's very, um, like surreal and adult. And, well, the, um, the basic like world premise is it's post-apocalyptic, right? Like yes, post post-apocalyptic. Yeah, the idea is that um, uh, it's been a thousand years, and you don't really find this out um, all at once. Like it's the the backstory of Adventure Time or the back history of like the world, as they call it, is like kind of piecemealed out, but it's never fully uh, like dived into because the creators wanted to keep the show relatively light, not bog it down in too much like heavy dramatic stuff. But yeah, it's it's like. A thousand years after a nuclear holocaust, the mushroom <laughs> war, mushroom war, and that's in what the they word, call it. yeah, that is what they call it, the mushroom war. This is like the and... only Adventure Time lore I know is that there was the mushroom war, and in the ruins, the guy who becomes the Ice King and the girl who becomes the vampire, like he takes care of her in the post-apocalypse. So they're like yeah. super ancient. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I've never yeah. seen it. I haven't either. It's, it's, um, really? That's, <clears throat> no, 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 you're fine. Um, it's interesting. Like, it does have a lot of, you can tell watching the show, and obviously I'm not as, um, big into or, like, prolific with 
you know, like D&D as you guys, but obviously I'm aware of the mechanics and the general feel of like the worlds. And you can tell it definitely takes a lot of inspiration from not just like specifically D&D, but just the feel of like a D&D style game. There are a lot of episodes that center around little different quests and, and problems and things like that that kind of mix like your average fare that you'd expect with kind of a cartoon with like the plot of a mini quest almost in a in a D campaign okay uh, it's pretty fun it's pretty cool thanks yeah adventure time was one of those ones that i never really had bad opinions of it was mm-hmm. but it got over it was one of those things that wound up overhyped for me you know like the yeah. internet latched onto it with its vice-like grip and i just went <laughs> i'm gonna stay over here thanks yeah you enjoy well, it. it's like it's kind of impossible to escape like um i think we were talking we, like we talked about like rick and morty before and how that um style became almost um kind of omnipresent after the show came out like the style of improv and even the art style to a degree yeah and like adventure time is very much the same way not just because like a lot of its storyboard artists and writers went on to go make their own shows but also because the art style became so incredibly uh popular and also the the way that the characters talk like the kind of quirky sometimes like non sequitur lingo really like people really latched on to that on the internet because of that like for the next we we've almost gotten nothing but like adventure time style like there is definitely mainstream american cartoons before adventure time and after adventure time yeah it's kind of uh i'd put steven um, universe as the next like step in that line because and steven universe had a different art style but had a lot of that same Mm -hmm. kind of quirky nature as i understood it and maybe i'm wrong because i again i haven't seen either of these shows but from my outsider's perspective they seem very similar but then the um Steven Universe art style just exploded on Cartoon Network. Yeah, and well, I mean, Steven Universe was created by Rebecca Sugar, who is a storyboard artist on Adventure Time. There we um, go. And actually, all these shows can, in fact, I misspoke. Uh, all these shows can actually trace their lineage back to the Marvelous Misadventures of Flapjack, because that's really? where, like, yeah, the creator of Adventure Time, the creator of Regular Show, and the creator of Gravity Falls were all storyboard artists on uh, The Marvelous Misadventures of Flapjack. I um, knew Flapjack was bad for a reason. <laughs> I like Flapjack. It's a little too, like, grim I, for me. I did so. not like it. It kind of freaked me out as a kid. It's terrifying. It's, it's kind wife. of like... <laughs> Calvin, did it's you ever see of... The Candy Wife? No, I never saw a full episode. So, Flapjack was all 2D animation, (laughs) except, like, candy bar owner. His wife was a 3D claymation candy monster. My candy wife. It was atrocious. I think I've heard of that, yeah. No, I mean... And I probably saw it in, like, commercials for it, but, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was... sounds terrifying. It was. Yeah, it was was definitely something. Like, it kind of had a courage, the cowardly dog vibe to it where its goal was to like i could stand most episodes of courage but that also was kind of unsettling i I can't do it like even today i would not sit down and watch like courage because it's just so like i would never choose to watch it but like if it happened to be on i'd be like oh this is this is okay i guess see but no it would it would still it would still definitely like be unsettling i think with courage like that was the intention though courage set out and was like Uh all right this is a horror show like this is supposed to be scary yeah yeah flapjack did not intend i don't think flapjack if they intended to set that tone they put it under so much other crap that when it's shown through you're like oh i don't want this why is this here no flapjack was definitely borrowing from like the surreal some of the surreal humor that was found in like certain episodes of spongebob and it just like kicked it up a notch and it really like um i mean like flapjack was is kind of ground zero for like 
the the humor that over Cartoon Network actually had a really interesting artistic period from like 2007 or 8 to like 2012 or 13 like shows like Flapjack, uh, Adventure Time, Chowder um, or some other ones that I'm probably forgetting. I think Chowder was for me like my favorite out of that crop. But, rada, rada, rada. <laughs> I fucking love Chowder. I rada, love Chowder rada. so much. Uh, nothing will beat the World War One food war <laughs> where he's in the trenches <laughs> that's like one my... of the very few episodes i've seen and it's just i like that uh, i poured my blood sweat and tears and every morsel of this dish it's the blood that makes it good <laughs> yeah i fucking love that one i i love chatter um yeah but uh adventure time it's kind of a man but yeah adventure time check it out all right Calvin, do you have one? Uh, no. Alright, I'm gonna buckle up a little bit, because I got, like, Uh-oh. a mini a mini Uh-oh. thing first. Uh-oh. So, right. and Netflix Uh-oh. just this past week released its uh, Masters of the Universe sequel. Ah, uh, uh, yes, I that, heard about this. Yeah, it just came out with, um, oh, Kevin Smith created it. It's a sequel yep. to the original cartoon. It has one of the best season endings for any sort of re- like nostalgia revival show ever. I, as someone who does not have any nostalgia for that show or those characters... I was about to ask, had you seen mm-hmm. any of the original? No, I hadn't. <laughs> does anybody care about spoilers? I, for this? I, no. I want to hear this. Alright, massive spoiler alert for Masters of the Universe series one on netflix now do not listen skip ahead like 20 minutes and backtrack till you avoid it um you put it in the comments or in the description too when it ends true also true good idea noted um so (laughs) the series opens with castle grayskull being attacked uh the uh skeletor is like about to just like absorb all magic in eternia which keeps eternia existing and but the power's too much it's gonna explode and kill everything he-Man summons the power of Grayskull through his sword, turning back into Prince Adam, the weak kid, to, like, help channel the magic and contain it. And Skeletor uses this moment to stab him, and they both die episode one. There's an explosion. <laughs> Dest- like, magic is dwindling away. It's- the planet is in chaos because they're fueled by magic. Like, they need it to- for the re- reality to exist. So the first, like, five episodes are this one female character who had a big crush on He-Man, who felt really betrayed not being let in on the secret. She's, like, going to save the planet by restoring the magic. Fast forward through all the adventures they have. He-Man's not in the first, like, half of the season? He's not in the season. He's in the first episode and, like, the last two. Wow. But to be fair, this is Masters of the Universe, not He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. It's also fair. Um, Isn't it titled He-Man, though? The original was. I don't believe this one is. Um, <laughs> you <yeah>. tricked me! <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so, they, like, go to Heaven, because they need the Heaven Sword and the Hell Sword to, like, reforge the Sword of Power so they can restore magic to the world. And they go to Heaven, they pick up He-Man, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'll come with you because you need my help. And the only other heroes in Heaven are like, yo, dude... Only a very select few get to come into heaven. You might not get to come back. And he's like, I'm gonna go anyways. They go to Castle Grayskull. They begin, like, channeling the power to restore magic and save the universe. And Skeletor was hiding in his assistant's staff the entire time. Pops out, stabs He-Man and kills him for good. And takes the power and becomes master of the universe. And that's how it ends? Yes! That's That's intense. The, the so series, cool. no, to be fair, they've got to seek, like, a second series coming. But series one ends with Skeletor just winning. Ugh. After killing or severely injuring a bunch of He-Man's allies. Can you imagine being ruled over by a guy who sounds like that? Who God, sounds like, a... uh, Luke Skywalker? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no! <laughs> no, it is. It's Mark Hamill, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah, in oh, the my. new one. Mark Hamill is Skeletor. Mark Hamill. And uh, Orko, oh. the uh, original comic relief sidekick character, straight up dies. Yeah, I heard, I did hear that they 
uh, that people now care about Orko, even though they despised him in the original series. Yeah, it turned out, like, his entire race is literally made of magic, so... But he wasn't back in his home dimension, so he, like, winds up back there for a few minutes. It turns out they're all dead. They're gone. He's the last one. So Orko kind of looks like a character from, like, Final Fantasy. Yeah. So you guys haven't seen any of the original? No. I've seen a bit of it. I've seen, a, like, maybe half of one episode. Okay. Because um, the when I worked at the summer camp, um, people would bring up stuff. And I remember one season, or one season, one summer, someone brought up a season or two of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. So I have vague memories of watching a season of He-Man. I don't know which one or which order. Um, and I yeah. yeah. Um, I remember it being very... Uh, it came out in the 80s, didn't it? Yes. Mm, yeah. yeah, it's very... Very 80s, very kids cartoon, but I could see why people would like it. My real recommendation this week, though, is... Uh, so Disney Plus has a series called Assembled, where it's base, it's a one-hour... Each episode is one-hour kind of deep dive on behind the scenes of the various Disney Plus shows that Marvel has done. Uh, first one was WandaVision, behind the scenes of WandaVision, and how, like, they actually built a live multi-cam... Uh, studio with a live reaction audience when they were doing their very early um, homages to early sitcoms like the Dick Van Dyke show. Like, they got chairs that were identical to the ones the audience would have sat in to try and make it as real as possible. Um, then they did one on the Winter Cal Falcon and the Winter Soldier and behind the scenes on that and like filming during COVID and uh, the heavy topics that they tried to deal with in that show. But the most recent one was for Loki. And it had no right being a one-hour behind-the-scenes video to make me feel the things it did. Because Tom Hiddleston does a narration kind of, like, throughout it about the concept of time. And just mm -hmm. straight-up opens the episode with, like, time. Ever, we're ch like, we're chasing it. We're trying to get more of it. We're trying to enjoy it. it some people think time is a circular cycles of life and growth we think the seasons always refreshing and returning otherwise other people experience it as linear and ever moving forward and it's just like okay you we didn't have to open with making me have a uh, mortality Existential crisis dread. yeah <laughs> um and apparently at one like they it was tom hiddleston and um uh, who played mobius uh tip my tongue Kachow. Oh, Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. They're like on camera for a minute. Like Tom Elston introduces Owen Wilson as like, here's the person who we had for Mobius. Um, and they told the story about how like one, they were on set talking and Mobius was just like, oh, how'd you meet the director? Turns out the director for part of Loki also directed Thor, also directed Tom Hiddleston in a stage production of Hamlet. And Tom talks about this and being directed on him, playing Hamlet and all this stuff. And he turns to Owen Wilson and says, have you ever played Hamlet? And Owen Wilson was just like, no, no, I've, I've never played Hamlet. And like, no, he didn't think anybody would ever think to ask him. Like, Ben Stiller's never going to ask Owen Wilson, have you played Hamlet? But being British and polite, Tom Hiddleston asked, oh, have you ever played Hamlet? Oh... Uh... Uh, sweet man maybe he was just trying to be cheeky uh <laughs> yeah maybe that uh, was being nice yeah but it, it was an interesting look and like they, they actually tell you the number of hours production took it took like 272 days to film there were thousands of hours and like they tell you exactly how many hours filming took and then how many hours the show how many hours and minutes the show actually like went for as you watch seems it. like they put a lot of effort into Loki. Do you think it's probably their best foot forward with the shows that they've done so far? My favorite. Um, I would personally, I think Captain Fal uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier was, or Falcon and the Winter Soldier was. But mm -hmm. I... Also very good. I, yeah, mm -hmm. I think it's mostly just because they managed to thread a very tough needle <clears throat> considering the uh, philosophies and ideologies involved in that show and the concepts being discussed. Okay. Um, 
Like, I don't know of any... Off the top of my head, I can't name another show that would talk about history of black America, power, uh, world borders, um, like, those, like, some really tough concepts where people, are, like, you look at this and go, like, yeah, the, some of these villains have a point, and we can, like, they really do a good job showing why being the first by, why being a black Captain America can be problematic, particularly in the year that sh- the year that show was being made and the year it came out in, like, mm. and all the protests that happened over the course of those two years, like, you can't really just be like, oh yeah, no, black Captain America, okay, bye. Like, you have to address mm-hmm. that. And I think mm-hmm. Falcon and the Winter Soldier did a very good job of that. So that's the only thing that keeps me above on um, above Loki. But the Loki, like, documentary talked about, like, hey, of all the time, of all the things Loki's been in, he's had, like, two hours of screen time before the Loki show. Yeah. Across ten years, he's had less than two hours of screen time and is such an integral part of the story. So how did they, like, take that and do something with it? And, like, what what is the continuation of the story of this character who, where we're meeting him in episode one has not had the emotional journey the character we knew did yeah i liked that um i think that was the thing that they had to deal with and i do think they rushed it um i don't know a better way that they could have because by the very nature of the i guess small spoilers for loki as well but not much beyond the first bit in the trailer you see um this is the loki from endgame so this is the Loki that just literally attacked New York, never had the redemption in Thor the Dark World, in Thor Ragnarok, never had any of that other stuff. So it's still this kind of Loki literally just tried to conquer Earth. And they deal with that a bit. And their and their playoff, again, a bit spoilers for like the first episode is that Loki watches the timeline of all of those things, and that's him experiencing it. I felt it was a little cheap. I don't know a better way to do it, because it's like, I don't know that he would change by watching a video of supposed events. Yeah. I I think you're right. That is one of those things, based on time constraints, they couldn't do too well, much even more without. With. Yeah, even without time constraints, I don't know that there's a way to do it besides literally having him live through all the movies again. So I I think that's one of those things where you just kind of need a suspension of disbelief because it it is a fictional thing. Um, And I think one of the key things that they did bring up was that his mom getting killed. Like, that is true. He cared for his mom. See that he does see him basically lead to his own mother's death and i and like that's not to say he does at this point he does realize the power of the tva and the truth of it all so he knows what he's watching to be the truth um but loki being loki i feel like he wouldn't necessarily as readily accept it still but i don't know i feel like that's i think one of the things one of my only qualms with that yeah one of the things for me that has been pointed out a lot on, or at least occasionally on the internet since the finale dropped a week, two weeks ago, is uh, my very minor spoiler for the end, but he talks about not wanting the throne. Loki doesn't want the throne, he just wants to be accepted. Which is a callback to the first Thor movie, I think, where he says a similar line about, he. it's not about having a throne, it's about recognition and acceptance. Yeah. So I think that was a good through line to like keep to help make it the same character without having yeah. it be like like you said like not really a great way to go about this characterization, but it's one way to show like this is still the same Loki. But yeah, that's my recommendation. That's my jumbled recommendation. Uh, assembled mm-hmm. Loki episode. Uh, Calvin, have you thought of one yet? Uh. <laughs> Not, not, um, got one. Um, fairly positive. I have never, yeah, I've never recommended them before. 
So there's this YouTube channel called uh, Tokyo Lens, okay. and he's uh, a guy in Tokyo. He's actually Canadian. His name's Norm. Uh, it's great. Uh, but he's a um. By, obviously, by the name of his channel, he's a big like photography guy, videographer kind of stuff. Um, so he does really cool uh just stuff in Japan. Um, he doesn't post all that often. Um, but he'll just post. Um, he's gotten a couple like mini documentaries that he's done. Some that are like ten minutes long. Some are like twenty minutes long. So none that are like ridiculous but some his 20 minute ones are really in depth really well done for literally being just him as his entire crew wandering around with a camera and then interviewing these people and like all this stuff and they're always fascinating and he finds these just like insane stuff um and he's just a really interesting guy he's big into the outdoors so i love his stuff like that because a lot of his stuff has to do with more rural Japan and outdoorsy things. Okay. Um, he's also, he also was a, uh, I don't know what the term would be, but he studied under like these two really famous uh, Japanese shamisen player. And the shamisen is, if you've seen Kubo and the two strings, he, oh. that's a shamisen. Um, basically it almost looks like a, uh, banjo-esque thing it's got like four or three strings um it's a lot longer narrower neck than a banjo and it's like a traditional japanese instrument if you heard it it would be like oh that's that noise that you hear in a lot of like japanese kind of music or stuff like that it's kind of like a kind of like a twang but that kind of higher pitched somewhat banjo-esque string thing that you play with this like pick that looks like a paddle um so he plays shamisen, which is hmm. awesome. Uh, but one of his one of the uh, one of my favorite docs that he's one of, is one of his most recent ones, um, and he goes to this uh, one of the most active volcano in Japan, Sakurajima, um, and he interviews people that live at like the base of the volcano, and oh. this volcano is active to the point where it's almost always spewing out ash. Like the weather channel, their their weather forecast every morning includes wind directions as to where the ash will fall. And they have to constantly sweep up ash and put it in special bags that are then picked up by a special garbage truck, basically, because they can't, they have to be disposed of in a specific way. Wow. And That's... there's like 4,000 people that live at the base of this volcano. Okay that if it ever had like an actual major eruption, they would all have to like flee, get out of there instantly. Talk about living dangerously. Yeah. It look, I, I don't know. It was, it was, it's really fascinating, but yeah, he's got some really cool little mini docs that he does. He did one about this guy that lives in an abandoned school in the mountains of Japan. Hmm. And like the, yeah, the school was just, abandoned and then i forget i think he just met the owner or something of the property and just was able to work it out or whatever and he lives there runs like a little bit of a like hotel drones right yeah yeah i think i showed you that one he mm -hmm. played he he plays drums he used to be like a salaryman which in japan just means like an office worker like nine to five suit in an office at cubicle doing whatever um, and he just said it was destroying his life. So he moved to the mountains to this abandoned school and plays music with his band and roasts his own coffee mm -hmm. as in like, he gets the beans and he actually has this little hand like this hand cranked thing that he sent will spend like hours roasting his own coffee. And then like, yeah, just lives in this old abandoned school and it's awesome. Nice. James, I, I want to know if you thought of this. Uh, when Calvin was describing the people living at the base of the volcano and collecting the ash, did you think of Pokemon? <laughs> um, no. You just hear the Ruby? word ash and just go straight to Pokemon? <clears throat> well, no, to explain, I, in Pokemon yeah. Emerald, Ruby, and Sapphire, uh, there is an area in the northern part of the map where there is ash falling down on the road. And as you walk through the ashy grass, you can actually collect the ash and take it to, like, 
a glass maker who will like make stuff for you out of the ash. But being that the Pokemon games are from Japan and based very heavily on various aspects of Japanese culture and top, 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 topography, topography, I can talk. Um, (laughs) I was just kind of surprised that I was like, Oh, that's, that's, Oh, I see this connection now. What's the area of that place called in Pokemon? Do you know? Oh gosh. I don't know if the, top of my head um because usually it's somewhat based off the actual regions isn't it mm. yeah the region of the game is called hoenn Owen. yeah i don't know uh i don't know if it would be just like similar to the name because i didn't know if it'd be i guess it'd be all of the japanese names so it could be and i just don't know but sakura would be like i think it's the same as sakura as in flower but maybe it's a different sakura mm. That's the annoying thing with Japanese. Sometimes it's there's a lot of words that are just the same but aren't. Some, yeah, suck. Yeah, uh, Fall Arbor Town. Is yeah, what it's Fall called. Arbor Town. Compare. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, wait, that's interesting. Pokemon World in relation to real world. Um, so Hoenn would be based on. Uh, uh Hoenn. Hoenn's the right area. Hoenn is in Kyushu, and that's the where. Uh, and that's where Sakurajima is. Uh, fall, fall, fall Arbor Town, Oida. Oh, that's a little different, but it's in the same area, so. Cool. That's neat. And what'd you say this channel was called again? Uh, it's called, uh, Tokyo Lens. Like a camera lens. Cool deal. Yeah, and, uh, he does, he's been doing so. he's got another channel that he just started called tokyo lens adventure tokyo lens explorer and he does um he'll do live streams of him just wandering around uh different places in japan it's really cool awesome uh before we move on to advice there's one topic i did want to broach uh just because i think uh, at least calvin but james too should be given a heads up and I think I've touched, talked about it a little bit before, uh, but Marvel has its What If series coming, yes? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there, it's, it's like 12 episodes or something. I want to make my called shot here that it is not 12 different universes. There's going to be three or four different universes they explore across a few different episodes. I think so, because uh, the poster we've seen so far... We've got, uh, and like the stuff we know, we've got T'Challa as Star-Lord. Where instead of Chris Pratt's character, it's Chadwick Boseman's character being taken up to go be Star-Lord and do Space Guardians of the Galaxy. Which, we also have seen one in the trailer where Killmonger, the villain from Black Panther, saves Tony Stark's life so that Tony Stark never winds up in the cave, never gets... Becomes Iron Man. Never becomes Iron Man. Which makes me think that, though, and we've also seen in the trailers, like, some stuff of Killmonger in Wakanda, and apparently, like, a, someone who looks like Pepper Potts there as well. So, if there's no T'Challa to take over as king, Killmonger can become king. So, two, mm-hmm. those are two stories connected. There's Zombie Captain America, and with the, finally... It's been leaked for months and months, but finally it's officially announced like I was doing a collectible minifigure series for the Disney Plus shows. So, Captain Britain, uh, Scarlet Witch, the Vision, TVA Loki, Sylvie. But there's a Spider-Man inclusion that's wearing Doctor Strange's cloak. And as far as sources have said, it is officially known as Zombie Hunter Spider-Man. So I'm still I'm still caught on Captain Britain. I had no idea that was. <laughs> Sorry, not te- that's not co- technically not Captain Britain. It's Captain Carter. Okay. Captain Britain's someone completely yeah. different. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but like Captain Carter's basically Captain yeah. Britain, right? Basically, because <laughs> it's like Captain America, but with the yeah. Union Jack. Well, to be I fair, Captain Britain British. is the mytholo- is chosen by the mythological figure Saturnine. Uh, and when he was chosen, he was given the choice between the sword and, like, the scepter of, do you want to be a warmonger or a diplomat? And he chose the scepter. But, uh, Ooh. he, he's, he works with Weak. Merlin and is, yeah, it's a whole thing. Um. Hey, Saturnine's kind of hot and it says her marital status is single. Look at that. Maybe if I 
pray real hard. What? What did you just say? Saturnine. Uh, James. What? Or, what? James, I have some bad news for you. <laughs> what? It's, it's this isn't like a real deity. You don't think if I pray hard enough that she'll come down and knight me or do some other shit like that? She did it for that Captain Britain Joker. <laughs> Why not me? Unfortunately, <laughs> Captain Britain is a fictional character. <laughs> oh well, don't. That's I what mean, you, you think. You don't know that. Yeah. Where's your proof? Idea. Yeah. I, I guess Britain is fictional. <laughs> Britain's not a fictional. Britain, Britain's oh, not oh, real. Fuck. It was a lie made up by the French to convince the Americans to go to war. Against who? <laughs> the British. The world. <laughs> it was the Britain was secretly an extension of the French army attempting to co- like subjugate the planet so that the French could rise up and defeat them. And thereby the French would be the saviors and people would willingly fall under French rule. So the French bankrupted themselves by fighting themselves and then fought themselves again and lost. And they yes. lost twice. <laughs> That's theoretically, a sad country. Theoretically, this extension of the French armed forces would take over the world through violence. The French would say, no, we won't stand for this. They teamed up with the Americans to quote-unquote save the Americans. So that the Americans would be like, hey, we're buddies with the French now. Theoretically, it was supposed to happen everywhere else, too, except the French Revolution happened, and the if French extension of the military that was pretending to be Britain said, we're not touching that, cut themselves off, and went rogue. Damn, dude, that's a pretty complicated mythos, but I'll believe it. So here's my call. There, there's going to be the Ultron-verse, where Ultron wins, the Zombie-verse, where the zombie virus breaks out, the... Uh, uh, the Star- T'Challa Star-Lord universe with also including Party Thor because we know there's going to be a Party Bro Thor. Makes sense that that's the one he'd be in because he wouldn't play an integral part. And then maybe the Peggy Carter's Captain America one gets its own. I could see that because then they can do, they can have more uh, extended like stories and stuff over a couple episodes instead of trying to pack everything into it. Exactly. I just, I know, I know there's been hype on the internet about like, oh, it's going to be amazing. They're going to do so much like what if stuff. And here's all the potential what ifs they could do. And it's like, all right, guys, it's a cool idea, but let's slow our roll a little bit. No, until you know. I mean, they could do multiple seasons if it takes off. Oh, I hope so. I mean, who doesn't want to see Punisher Spider-Man? Am I the only one? I mean, that's a, I have have no idea. (laughs) It's a Spider-Man Dude, who like I think a... both his aunt and uncle die and he goes like full Punisher. Gets a skull on his chest and everything. He he signs up for the Iraq War or whatever. No. No, he oh, just damn. like puts guns on the back of his web shooters. Oh, you... damn. Uh, can I go on a tangent? Yes. Are you finished with your thoughts? Yes. Okay, on the Iraq War, did you guys hear about when the US last left, what is it, Bagram? airbase in afghanistan they they didn't tell anyone until two hours after the until they were gone i could see that yeah so they just kind of left literally in the middle of the night and then like two hours later they told the afghanis like oh oh yeah by the way you have to defend the base by yourself now and by the time they got there like a bunch of stuff was looted oh okay I don't. I didn't know enough about that entire situation to know if that was like a we're surrounded by enemies and we need to pull out of here without them knowing, or a well, typically, we're typically you don't. You typically don't announce that you're leaving because that's an op. That's just an opening for attack to be yeah. attacked. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's always weakness because you have to. You have you. You have to pull out. You have to stop paying attention in order to leave. Um, so that's, that's probably one of the reasons, but then they got a lot of flack because for obviously not telling their allies, even giving like a heads up at the higher ups of like, Hey, we're pulling out. So like we burned a bunch of, if any goodwill we had left with (laughs) the Afghani government. Yikes. But I don't know. I just, I just thought it was very American and very, just like kind of funny that we were just like, all right, (laughs) see ya middle of the night gone. Don't tell anyone. Uh, we had so much fun here, you guys. What do you mean you had fun here? You're still here, right? Oh, well, we, oh. we kind of sobered up, oh. and we gotta, we gotta, we gotta go. We got a thing in the morning. 
We gotta go. I gotta go. We can't stay the night. We gotta go. Fuck, someone forgot to... Oh, we forgot to tell. Oh, darn. Yeah, we're gone. Bye. Yeah, we left oh, two hours ago, no. babe. Sorry. It... Sorry. Did you... Feel like... Did you expect us to stay for breakfast? Because we didn't. We absolutely didn't. <laughs> they, they left, like, all of their armored vehicles, but, like, none of the keys. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I mean, They're... okay, I <laughs> got them. <laughs> I guess if you want to actually leave quickly, you can't bring the armored vehicles, but they don't want, like, insurgents to get a hold of them. Well, I think the idea would have been they left them for the the Afghanis to use. It's just they didn't tell anybody. There's some really fascinating... Um, there was a whole piece by... It might have been by The Guardian. I think it was by The Guardian of, like, a photojournalist who was just who just did, like, a ton of photos of the base, just, like, pretty much empty... And except for a bunch of Afghani soldiers that had finally shown up and gotten all the looters out and were just like lounging in like all of, a, across all of this, like just junk, just junk and garbage that the Americans have left. And just like, no, it's it's really fascinating. I would recommend looking up that report of like the I don't know if it was the Guardian or not, um, but yeah, there was a. I'm looking it up real quick. It, I just thought it was really interesting. No, yeah, I, it's an interesting situation uh, to me. Yeah, it's uh, it's the Guardian. If you just search Bagram Air Base Lake photos, there it 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 really shows you the scale of how much stuff the U.S. just left behind. Like, there's a photo up here. There's probably over a hundred. They're all white. A hundred like white trucks pickup trucks and suvs and vans and the 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 stuff on the side here says there's no keys to start them they're just like normal civilian vehicles us just left them no keys though left all of the equipment in the weight room nice well oh, they wanted they awesome. wanted their afghani allies to get swole get a pump on guys come on you get strong enough, you can just push <laughs> the cars. The around. image I've found, just like a Google image search, it looks like it's a like higher up shot of a gate or something. You can see a fleet of white vehicles in the back, like past the walls. But then right near the uh, gate, there's just a dude on a bicycle. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's probably one of the guys that went in to like <laughs> loot all the stuff. Because it's, I mean, it's like, why not? What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, take what you can get. Am I right? <sighs> shall we uh, shall we give some advice how to be a better buddy where we give some real and some humorous advice our first question what do you ask for on your sandwich when ordering from subway with the further details so many choices i just want to eat a good sandwich but i always hesitate to decide what i want i usually get like turkey onion lettuce mayo uh like cheese like american usually and i have it grilled and uh that's what i eat that's yeah i don't i don't go to subway a lot like hardly ever but i typically just get the meatball marinara sub chuck some cheese on it toasted call it good see that's a good choice that's something you can't like it's not as quite as easy to do at home you know like for a quick lunch james i'm a little disappointed in you (laughs) Oh, that one is really good, though. And it's plus good, it's light. But I can also make it at home. Yeah, but, like, I like the lighter stuff. Because I do like the marinara. I like some of their other food, too. But it's, like, it can be so heavy. My uh, my go-to is you get the chicken breast, uh, onion, green pepper, spinach, pepper jack cheese, ranch. Get it toasted on the uh, herb and cheese bread. Yeah. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. Did I say add ranch? Add ranch. There's three options for you. If you still can't decide, you have bigger problems. Uh, maybe some pizza. Get yeah. Subway pizza. No, no, pizza's a side. <laughs> pizza's a side. Did you, did you, do you, I didn't realize you listened to Face Jam. They did an animated version of it. Oh. Um, James, for your information and the listener's information, at Subway, you have the subs. Those are your sandwiches. And listed are you can get salad soup cookies or a pizza because pizza is not one of the main things and it's a little personal pizza 
so it must be a sign. I, I was not in all surprised. Like, did you not know this? Because I used to get the pizza at Subway all the time. Oh, yeah, I knew. I wasn't okay. surprised. Yeah, because this is a Rooster Teeth podcast called um, Face, Jam. Face Jam, where they just eat fast food and review it and stuff. Um, and they were all in like blown away that Subway had pizza. And I was like, yeah, this has been like a thing for like over a decade. I remember yeah. getting pizza. Because I just didn't want to sub, and I was just like, hey, I'll just get a little mini pizza. Our next question, uh, also a restaurant question. What would you do when your favorite restaurant shut down one day? With the further details, as a cheap meal, I always go to this one restaurant that serves pizza and cake to my exact liking. However, it closed down. I am currently going through the five stages of grief right now. I'd like to know what you would, what would you fellow men do if your favorite franchise, restaurant, eatery, or your favorite cook stops serving? Uh, take the entire building, make a small replica in your backyard, and kidnap the chef and put them in there and force them to make you food. There you go. Okay. Oh yeah. No, I would go. I would it's go. The only I probably, logical response. <laughs> yeah. I'd probably go and I'd bring a. I'd bring a wreath. I know exactly what <laughs> restaurant I'm thinking of too. I'd bring a wreath. I'd lay it like right on the front door, and then I'd uh, probably walk away. I'd say a prayer. And uh, take one last look, and then wait. Is this a restaurant we know? It uh, it's a restaurant that we walked past very recently. Yes. Really? Okay. Really, really. You'll have to tell me later. Um. Uh, what is so? Uh, my my restaurant of choice for this theoretical won the fast food wars in the future. So I don't need to worry about this because Taco Bell's never gonna die. <laughs> you never know. Breaking news: Taco Bell dies. <laughs> oh no! Just tomorrow we find out. Oh, she killed it. That'll be the worst. <laughs> I have one more day of work left, and I get Taco Bell after I get off work. Yeah. Never. Are you are you still driving like the fifteen minutes to the one in the other town, or are you getting no, the one no, across no, no. from work now? Okay. The one across from work, please. <laughs> uh, but yeah, wise, I mean, man. if if Taco Bell did close down, I'd be. Honestly, disappointed, like super disappointed, because I talked about it last week. Matt, Matt, and I talked about some fast food stuff last week, but I can get. It's just the easiest restaurant for me to like count calories while also being reasonably priced. Yeah, like I looked at the calories mm. on Hardy's burgers; those things are massively filled with calories. It's, it's kind of like gross. Twelve hundred, isn't it? <laughs> some of them get up there. Yeah, 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 Ugh. but the, but that's. That's how you know it's good, is that it's not good for you. Fair. That's how I feel about cigarettes. <laughs> You're right. I don't like that <laughs> argument anymore, Calvin. I don't like this argument anymore. Damn. <laughs> James, you ruined it. It's just got put in a whole new perspective. <laughs> uh, maybe James... Oh, James isn't going to redeem himself on this next question. I just can, I just know it already. I believe in you, James. Okay, thank you. The question is, guys who pee in the stall when there are urinals available, why? I enjoy anarchy. <laughs> I want to see people uncomfortable. No, that implies I, you're leaving dude, the I... door open. Yeah, I know. Okay. Never implied that I wasn't. No, yeah. I don't know. Like, I've never... Um, Maybe other they want than... privacy. They're shy. Was... <laughs> privacy. Yeah, um... Any man who thinks he's entitled to privacy in a bathroom is hiding something. Yes. Yes, they are. <laughs> James. <laughs> um, no, I. the only time I pee in the stall uh, at, like, not using the urinal is if I, like, have to go and I can't use the urinal. So I don't really know. But I, I, I would agree with, actually, what Cal said genuinely about privacy. I could see some guys just saying, like, oh, my own space. I understand that. Man, if I got the time and I can just not have to stand there, I'm going to sit. I can take mm -hmm. out my phone and like sit for five or ten minutes and just take a break from the world. No, I don't want to be fair. in a bathroom that long, especially a public bathroom. A public bathrooms are... I don't want to go anywhere near no. any of the surfaces in a public bathroom. I will minimize all that contact. Do you guys ever find bathrooms cozy? No. Uh, really no no maybe my maybe my bathroom at home because it's like 
I can kind of see that because it's personal. I'm like the only one that uses it. So it's like less of like I can clean, I clean it as much as I need to and I can take care of it. So it's not that gross factor. I can mm -hmm. kind of see it because it's smaller room isolated and it's, it can kind of become your space. But at that point, I'd rather just establish my own little space. That's not the bathroom. I will. Because it's still gross. <laughs> I will agree with the home bathroom being kind of cozy. But the other instance of a bathroom being cozy, I will say, is in those like um, small scale personal restaurants where it's like nicer hometown restaurants where like the bathroom is literally mm -hmm. just the one door. Like you've got the door and you lock the door behind you and it's just the toilet. Like there's not multiple stalls or multiple toilets or whatever those can get a little yeah. kind of cozy if it's like they got nice tile down and the nice wallpaper i feel like the, uh, i guess i don't know i feel like a lot of the ones i encounter at least just feel clinical and and, and, and well not sterile but uh i'm yeah, thinking in particular like either mexican or italian restaurants will some if they're like family owned and operated will have these slightly nicer bathrooms where it's just like the one stall well the one one yeah. person use always found like <clears throat> going to a party at a bigger venue something about like going to the bathroom and like being able to hear like a big group of people but knowing that they're like far away <laughs> they're like and somewhat like, muffled by walls yeah and you're like kind of isolated and it's like a very brief moment of like separation that i find to be what's the venue because you can talk in urinal or not urinal i mean it, uh porta potty yeah no. no porter potty no i get what you're saying james because i definitely feel that like if you're in a club and it's just like i'm deaf now and then you go into the bathroom and it's just like muffled it is a kind of just like almost like a moment of just like calm where it's like ha because yeah, exactly. <laughs> everything yeah. else is happening like out there i can kind of get that feeling but those mm. bathrooms also tend to be some of the most disgusting yeah yeah, I'm thinking more almost at like a wedding or like uh oh, like okay. somewhere in like kind of a nicer venue, but there's still like a crowd of people. Yeah, like a wedding or some kind of bigger Funeral. party or something like that. Funeral. <laughs> yeah, that can help too. Um, I actually, I actually like, I like funerals. So I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> well, maybe it's because uh... I'm sadistic. But... Oh, I do. I, I mm. I've only been to a few in my lifetime. I'm not gonna I would say hope so. <laughs> I know. That's a good thing. No, but I, I think it's actually like um nice. Oh really, moments. James? It's nice. For it's you, not, maybe. No, it's not like I mean I've been to a few funerals of family members, obviously. I'm not saying like I was like Sitting like rocking back and forth, he was in my like, chair. Ha, 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 God, God. I'm having a great time. Right I'm now. gonna win the tontine. <laughs> gonna win that taunt. Um, no, but like I do, I, I like. Uh, I think it's just the fact that uh, it's a very rare um, make it ceremony tontine. to be a part of, unless you're the priest or the coroner's. I'm not either. The coroner's not typically at a funeral. <laughs> Sorry, you know what I mean. The funeral. Have you been to Paul Bear? Have you ever been to Paul Bear? Yes. Uh, yes, I I coffins was. are heavy. Yeah, they yeah. are, f and it's. Almost, I was yeah, yeah, I was a Paul Bear with my uh, cousins at my grandmother's funeral, and it was like there was like it was like all the guys, and there was like seven or eight of us, and we were like, all right, this thing's heavy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's my, like the most. Terrible. My great uncle's funeral. Uh, there was one instance where somebody looked at me like, you might have to step in and Paul Bear because, hey, it's your great uncle and all the people who knew him best are almost as old as he was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it, it was the most terrifying uh, when I was a Paul Bear for my uh, grandpa's funeral. Like, the uh, the moment, like, as you're getting the coffin, like, into the hearse, because you're just like... yeah. It's yeah. that like I don't want to drop like, them. Yeah, don't drop it. <laughs> like nobody's back give out. Nobody have a, like a trip. Like because if one of us goes down, this whole thing is going, and then it's just gonna look like a scene out of a bad two thousands comedy, and I don't want that. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, if that thing, if a coffin landed on you, it, 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 they could kill you. Yeah. It probably it definitely could. Yeah. 
Definitely breaking uh, bones. Hey guys, remember how we got here from asking why people don't pee in urinals? <laughs> yeah. Let's ask the dead. Yeah. Our <laughs> next question. Uh, <laughs> skip into the next. Skip on one. Uh, I just. Uh, yeah, I just found out that my best friend of twenty plus years clicks the middle mouse button with his middle finger. What's the dumbest reason you've had to end a friendship? Um. That. That makes sense to me, though. Yeah. No, dude, you're the dumb one. Like. Like, that's an awkward thing for me to do. Like, I don't do that, but that's just more, I'm just not, that's not my habit. What finger but do you expect I could see. me to click it with? I click it with my index finger. I move. See, I don't, my, my grip. Do you actually moves. click the, do you actually click the middle mouse button? Not I'm often. curious. I, all, I do all the time. Oh, see, I, my grip, I'm most comfortable having my middle finger resting on it so I can scroll. Oh, I guess that's the other thing. Are you, what What kind of grip are you with a mouse? Are you the, like, claw grip where it's, like, you, the tips of your fingers are more on the buttons? Or do you lay your hand out so your fingers are just kind of wholly resting? Um, I lay my hand out. Yeah, so I, like, my the tips of my fingers are, I have a smaller mouse, so the tips of my fingers are actually typically off the edge of my mouse so it, it's almost like i'm pushing down with the middle of my fingers and then when i move i'm like it's basically in, like where that the the main knuckle is in my finger is what i'm using to click down on the really? mouse wheel yeah. man you have a really small mouse i do i need a big mouse um but i've had this for years now and i'm just used to it what about you james i just use both my feet for the mouse makes sense all right chuckle fuck <laughs> wow no, I, impressive. well the, the problem with me is that i don't have i don't have a computer with a mouse so i i have i don't i rarely you, use uh computer mice James, anymore you know the, you know insane. the mice come separate right i know the mice come separate rj but it's uh i i don't really play like many games and i don't really need uh a mouse for much but when i do use a mouse i definitely ah. use like a kind of a more relaxed grip and i think i alternate between using the middle um my middle finger to scroll and then just, just switching with my index it really just well, depends on the not button. even scrolling like clicking it because i use them because did you know that if you if you hover over a lot of things especially tabs and you click it in the middle mouse it closes it what uh, yeah, I use that all the time when I'm using the web browser. So open up a web browser, hover over the middle of a tab at the top, Whoa. and you just click the middle mouse button, it closes it. That was cool. I just tried it out. Doesn't, yeah. doesn't pressing in on... Uh, oh, wait, are you talking about the wheel or are you talking yeah, about... Yeah, the wheel. You, you, click okay. in, you click in on the wheel. If you're hovering over a tab at the top of your screen on a, internet, on a web browser of some site... Um, and you click in on it, it'll just automatically close that tab. I use that. That's the same in a lot of the my development environments for uh, programming. I use that all the time. I'll use the click in to scroll sometimes if I want to go really fast. Because you click in and it does the little thing where you just move the mouse slightly down and it scrolls or up. And you can usually scroll a lot faster like that. Yeah. No, I love clicking the middle mouse button. I do it all the time. <laughs> it's so much easier because you don't have to find the little X on a tab to close it. Yeah. There's so many of those little shortcuts on so many different things that it's just like once you start learning keyboard shortcuts and mouse bindings, it's like, man, your life gets easier. I feel like those are left like left over from when computers were only for nerd hackers and coders. Like... <laughs> They have all those implemented, and because, like, computers are maintained and upgraded everything by those same types of people who need them, they kept they keep them in, and then you've got yeah. the losers like myself and James who aren't those people and are just like, wait, you can do that? You can click these two <laughs> buttons and this thing happens? Do you have, does your mouse have buttons on the side? Yes. Okay, do you use those ever? No. Those will go, f if you're on a web browser, if you, or again, on a lot of things, those will function as a back and forward button. So if you have a tab, whatever tab you have in focus, if you just press the button closest to you, like pointing back towards you, it'll work as the back button. And if you press the front one, it'll be forward. Oh, that's I dangerous. Use those all the, I use those all the time in navigating. I'll be like, because that'll be what I do, um, is I'll be like, 
browsing the web or whatever. And I was like, oh, I want to go back. I just press that button and you don't have to click the back button. Um, oh, and then also, did you know that clicking in on the middle mouse button over a link will open that link in a new tab? Huh. I'm learning so I, much I use that. I use that one as well all the time because it'll be like I do a Google search and it'll be like, uh, I don't know, for weather. And it just takes you to the search results for weather. And it's like, all right, I want to see this uh, first one. And then I just click it with, uh, I just middle mouse click it. And then I still have the uh, search, but then I uh, I still have that like search page with all the results, but then that page that I wanted to view opens in a new tab. So I can mouse over to it and be like, oh, this isn't what I wanted. And I can just close it. And my other search tab is still open to exactly where I was. Cool. Efficiency. This has been Computer Lessons with Calvin. That's yeah. what it's about, dude. Uh, I think we're going to call it there for this week. Thank you both for joining. Nice. Uh, thank you to the band Problem of Interest for letting us use the song Living in the Moment off the album Cross Off Yesterday. It's on iTunes and Spotify. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify. Better Buddies. Download, subscribe, like, review, share it. All those fun things. Uh, you can find us on social media if you want to know more, learn more, hear more, get updates. On Facebook, Better Buddies. We posted our we post our weekly uh, icebreaker from the episode, and we also have our meme Mondays. Twitter at Better Budcast. Use the hashtag Better Buddies when you tweet about the show, and our Gmail Better at gmail.com. You can send us fan art, hate art, fan mail, hate mail, declarations of love and or war, icebreakers you want us to answer, or things you need advice on. And last but not least, be a better buddy. All right, cool. I just didn't know, like, if we were both in the same account, it would block one of us or something. Because no. I've been doing nothing but streaming Marvel directly to my brain. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no worries. I don't want. I don't use Disney Plus that much, anyways. So cool. I, right. I'm on my anime stuff. I'm gonna start the episode in three, two.